host, John. I'm your co-host, Alex. And today we're going to be talking about all things racing in Daytona and Homestead as we hit the Florida triple header. Uh, you know, this past weekend we had Christopher Bell win the O'Reilly Auto Parts 253 at the Daytona Roval, while Michael McDowell logged yet another top 10, Alex. Uh, what'd you think of that? Yeah, you got pretty, You, I guess you were right on the money with your uh, fantasy pick. I kind of questioned it last week. But... Yeah. Here you are being like, I, dude, when the caution happened at lap nine and I saw him squeak in, I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. Like, that's all I was thinking in my head the whole time was like, I can't believe he's going to be right. And he managed <laughs> it. He absolutely managed it. I mean, okay, he totally bungled the start. Uh, lap one, yes. sent it flying into the apex, completely <laughs> missed the corner, uh, fell back like 20-something spots right off the bat, but... Uh, rebounded nicely over the span of the race and was able to manage that top 10 finish, which was huge, um, <clears throat> For him, huge yeah. finish. I mean, two top 10s in a row. I mean, maybe he is a playoff contender. Yeah, dude. No. I'll have a better prediction after Homestead. <laughs> yes, that is going to be um, definitely a good indicator of where that car is actually at. But if you look at it last year, uh, John Hunter Nemechek was his teammate, correct? Yeah, it was. So, I mean, John Honor ran decently in that same equipment. Um, so it'll be mm. interesting to see. Maybe McDowell can pull something out of his uh, butt a little bit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, in terms of, like, his stats for fantasy and, like, just his stats overall, he's done race there 10 times, and he's only been in the top 10 once. And his average finish is 28th. Yeah, at Homestead. So okay, well, he, he needs something to prove here is at Homestead. Like if he if he actually is a contender, <laughs> it's funny to say Michael McDowell the contender after two the... races. But if he is a contender, that car needs to show up at Homestead because I feel like his car showing up at the road course helped him out. He did move up the packs quite nicely. I think the cautions that came out for rain towards the end benefited him greatly and helped him kind of get a top 10 finish, but he also was moving up through the the pack quite nicely at the road course, so. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously we don't expect him to be contending for wins week in and week out, but uh, just the fact that he was able to log two top 10s in a row is huge for that program, in my opinion. And uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, okay, so back-to-back weeks, we have first-time winners in the NASCAR Cup Series. That is huge. Yes. And, we, you know, we were talking about last week how, oh, it's kind of, you know, knowing that Michael McDowell was a one and done. Uh, I don't think Christopher Bell is a one and done, but how no. about that? I mean, so far, it seems like Joe Gibbs knows what he's doing by signing Christopher Bell early on. Yeah. And offering him pretty well. And I remember our offseason talks. I did not take him to be like to come in this quickly. You know, I didn't anticipate him to be like this decent early on. And I thought he would take a little more time. But so far, he's he's doing all right. And, the, you know, I'll I'll be the first to admit, like, I was not a believer um, in the Christopher Bell train uh, when it left the station last summer. Uh, you know, I was a big believer in the fact that they shouldn't have moved on from Eric Jones. But, you know, Joe Gibbs and Christopher Bell proved me wrong, like, <laughs> right off the bat. He ran great. He looked like like a seasoned vet out there. I mean, he he, yeah. out, he outran everybody. Like, he actually won the race. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't, you know, he lucked out. He actually won that race. He outdrove. Joey Logano made a last lap pass. I guess it was last that lap. That pass on Logano was amazing. I was sitting there watching it the whole time, and I started yelling at my TV. I was like, come on, Bell. Pass Logano. Let's do it. Come on. And then he passed him, and I was like, oh, my God. He's got this. He just made him look like like a freaking rookie out he just, there. He just outdrove so him. Nice. And, I mean, granted, you know, it looked like Logano was struggling with his brakes a little bit. Um and he did throw that huge block. It would have been funny if he wrecked the top two again. Denny Hamlin would have snuck through and got that win. But, uh, you know, he, he even outdrove Chase Elliott. And yeah, I, yeah. I get it. Chase Elliott kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit there. But, you know, that's that counts. I mean, at the end of the day, Christopher Bell outdrove Chase Elliott and was running with him for a good part of that last run there when they were going one, two. So, um, yeah, that's huge. I'm like, pretty shocked by him, too, because I was in the same boat as you. I was not a believer in Bell, mainly because I saw what he did with... He was at Stuart Haas before this, right? He was no, no, the, he was with he was in the 95. Oh, that's right, the 95. Levine yeah, Racing. Never mind. Yeah, so with Levine. Um, <clears throat> and I was, like, just not a believer in him. I thought he was just, like, going to be one of those guys. I was also a big Eric Jones guy. I thought Eric Jones... 
I remember saying in the offseason, I was like, Eric Jones is going to be like the next, like, Lacano <laughs> gets yeah. kicked out of Joe Gibbs and then becomes like a superstar. I don't know if that's going to happen, but Christopher Bell is obviously shutting us up down quite nicely so far and i'm actually kind of excited he might be he might be some good picks moving forward a little bit yeah, for sure so, and it's, <laughs> so it's good to have that it's gonna be interesting to watch for sure he's definitely a guy that i'm you know looking at now um just to see you know what he can do he's he's playing with house money now he's got that early win um you know i can't believe two weeks in and our two playoff drivers locked in are michael mcdowell and Christopher Bell, just like everybody predicted how the first two races would go. It's so typical, though. <laughs> like, it's just... It really is. It's just, yeah, it's just so typical of 2021, <clears throat> I guess. Just the crazy two years that have been 2020 and 2021. Um, I think it's what's going to be um, moving forward is that's going to kind of start happening a little bit, especially since NASCAR is playing around with the idea of... Uh, not having practice and qualifying all the time and only having like certain qualifying days or certain practice days or getting rid of qualifying and only having practice. I feel like it might be more of a reality if they decide to shift towards that. Yeah. And I think, I think there's two very different, you know, paths this could take or, you know, ways this is going to go down. Either we're going to see, keep seeing winners like this where we just don't, you know, we don't know who's going to win. We can work out. Or we're going to see the same thing we saw last summer where it's going to be two guys like Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick <laughs> who just dominate the series because they have everything tuned in. Uh, it really seems like whoever gets it tuned in early, and this week's going to be a great indicator of that, uh, is going to really be dominant, especially on those mile and a half where the, the configuration is so similar in the cars. Um, so I, I think I think this weekend, you know, and we'll talk about it more later on in this episode, is going to be huge. Um, and we're going to try to see really who has the equipment to you know contend for a championship i think this week kind of mellows out a little bit i think we're going to start seeing that trend again from last summer yeah Not for yet, sure but i think for over time it's going to turn into that again yeah so. and you know it's <clears throat> even more interesting you know we talk about like how last year was kind of weird year and how this year's starting out pretty weird next year is going to be even crazier when we go to the new cars um i can't wait oh, yeah but it's gonna be it's gonna be a shit show for lack of a better term, because it's going to be, great. you don't know who's going to be I'm actually very excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be so excited for that, <clears throat> for those new cars to come in and kind of change everything up. And I embrace the shit show. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a, you know, a breath of a pretty stinky air. I guess we could so, say. Like, in terms of the race itself, I wanted to ask you this question about, um, what was your opinion when the rain caution came out with like I don't know is it like nine ten to go? Yeah. Do you think NASCAR made the right call or you think it was kind of like a real bogus so, way of doing it? I want to I want to preface my comments here by saying I think this was a great race, um, super entertaining. It had everything. It had all the yeah, action. I thought it was pretty good. You could possibly imagine it was a great race. The rain caution. I understand why some people are, are, you know, claiming it's bogus. I think you're one of those guys who, <laughs> who kind of. I don't agree with it. I just feel like NASCAR is a bit behind when it comes to road courses with their rain cautions and stuff. I think they need to get more with the times of auto racing and where if it does start to rain and stuff, it's like an optional thing if you yeah. want to change your tires. You shouldn't have to throw a caution for that, especially since it was a little spritz for maybe five minutes and then. It completely altered the race so in those last 10 laps it was like insane my perception i didn't uh, you know at the time i didn't really bother me that much i don't know why wasn't really thinking about it i just kind of thought it was whatever um but mm -hmm. you know looking back on it, i can see how it definitely changed a lot of that race um <laughs> screwed up my fantasy lineup but big yeah <laughs> yeah we, we'll talk about that later too but um uh, like you're saying like they nascar is just a little bit behind on the road courses there should be local yellows there should not be full course yellows for things that are you know as simple as you know a piece of rubber on the track um, and granted right they haven't done road courses a lot before this it's been like two a year whatever yeah. now we've got six on the schedule so i think with that many and it seems like they kind of want to keep it so far or at least have like maybe four or something like that if you're gonna keep these road courses in you gotta get with the times immediately yeah and actually run it in that way so that way that's not like week in and week out when you're at a road course you're like oh well, are they gonna throw a caution for this now or is it gonna be 
the, a normal way of doing things. <laughs> the biggest problem in NASCAR is that they allow too much room for discretion. Um, yes, and that gray area is where fans get so frustrated because, okay, let's just use, you know, Daytona for an example. If a car goes below the yellow, because fans are always confused. It doesn't matter if he's passed or if he doesn't pass. It, it, fans just don't know what the hell the rules are because there's just too much gray area for NASCAR to say, oh, this doesn't count and this does or this, you know what I mean? And it's just, it was the same thing last year during the chase or the playoffs um, when Chase Elliott's man was over the wall too soon, you know, ran back to the wall. Everyone on the Twitter lit up. Twitter lit yeah. up like a freaking firework because everyone mm-hmm. was like, he just literally, you know, they explain the rules one way and then, you know, come back and change. Like, it just feels like there's I so much gray area. Knew that was a thing. Exactly. Like, you no could one just literally reset the timer and I was like, what? No That's one knew thing? that. And NASCAR was just like, yeah, it's fine. I was like, or like even when it came down to, um, what was that one race that happened? I can't remember the track for some reason where... Denny De Benedetto and somebody else all went below the the apron. Yeah, and and that turned into a whole debacle as well. That was, that was like, Talladega. Yeah, that's what it was. It was Dega. Yeah, that was also another situation where Twitter kind of got a little rowdy um, with people being like, "Oh, is this really a thing? Should this be allowed? Why is there so much gray area?" So it, it kind of gets frustrating. Here's how we fix this: get rid of the yellow line rule. <laughs> it shouldn't be a thing. Like, yeah, like why is it a thing? If you, if you go down there, you're going to wreck. Like, that should yeah. be ruling up. You know, let them police themselves. It's the same thing when they decide to start policing lug nuts. And oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, what the hell? And then, you know, it's the same thing with the with the rain. Okay, it's sprinkling in turns five and six. Do we throw a mm-hmm. cautionary or are we not? It's discretionary bullshit that the sport doesn't need, and they should just take it out. Um, exactly. It just get rid of calls where NASCAR has to decide whether it's fair or whether they're picking favorites. That shouldn't like no one should ever even consider any of that. The rule should just be cut and dry, like every other sport, like yep. every other major sport, where it's like, nope, you broke a, a rule here. It's not allowed. Simple as that. So you know what the NFL, how they have you know pass interference and how it's you know a big controversy. NASCAR has yeah. like five pass interference calls <laughs> that no one knows what to do with. <laughs> And you could yeah. just put, like, it would take, like, four sets of hands to count how many times something happens in an NASCAR oh, yeah. season. <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous. And it, it sucks because it ruins a good race. Like, like the, it doesn't ruin the race. Like, don't get me wrong. Great race. But in, you know, some fans' eyes, some Chase Elliott fans, some Kyle Larson's fans, um, it just ruined that race. It, it absolutely mm-hmm. just, you know, ruined that race. I mean, Christopher Bell almost lost that race because of, you know, that caution coming out. Um, yeah. But h- hang on, one piece here that I just want to talk about real quick. If Chase Elliott didn't spin off the bumper of Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano would have won that race. Because yeah. Bell and Chase Elliott would have started battling, and Logano would have just mm. been free sound. I think what do you think of that? Actually, I think that's actually... I was wondering where you were going with it at first, because I was like, I don't know. I feel like Chase was so he showed that he was still insanely dominant on the road courses. And I felt like his car would eventually, this is where it gets interesting because I think he would have overtaken bell. But at that point, I'm not sure when he would have overtaken bell. Maybe it would have been with only like five laps to go and he would never have time to catch up. So I think you're probably right on making that assumption. It would have been better for me (laughs) that happened, but, uh, I think, yeah, uh, honestly, I think that's probably a correct statement just because Chase Elliott is obviously still the guy to beat, but I don't think he would have had enough time just based on how many laps were actually left. Um, But, you know, Chase spun out anyway because he was trying to get up into... He made a big move, made a bold move. He was trying to get up there and didn't have any space on the inside and then got clipped by Kozlowski, and then that was pretty much the end of it for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about Daniel Suarez, the absolute goat? I didn't even realize he snagged a 16th place finish until like two days ago. Like, like I didn't even look at the the lineup until I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was that far up. Dude, he, <laughs> he threw up in his helmet for the last, yeah. like, what was it, 16 laps to the end? Dude, that's Dude, like I 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he threw up in his, so he was like just... 
apparently what he said in his interview was like he radioed over to his crew that he was like not feeling well in the car with like 20 laps to go and then at 15 laps to go he said he puked now i don't know how much he actually puked but he puked (laughs) (laughs) so imagine like you're in the florida heat you throw up in your helmet with 15 to go you have the caution for rain come out at lap nine it, he really sat in his throw up for like another 45 50 minutes like in his track suit in his race suit in his helmet just letting it fester it stinks in there because there's no air conditioning in the cars obviously besides the airflow going through and oh my god dude i can't believe he he snags like five to like six more spots yeah. as after he threw up. It's like, it's insane. I mean, if I was in his situation, I would have been driving like hell to get out of that car. I'd have been like, nope, I need to get this race over. <laughs> and I puked on my, but can on you myself. imagine? Like, I can't even imagine throwing up while driving like normally, like driving down the street at twenty miles per hour. Yeah. Let alone at one hundred and fifty, <laughs> throwing up. Then having that throw up, like that stench, I would just keep throwing up. I don't know how he controlled himself. Yeah, I would have pulled the car over. <laughs> <laughs> I would be down. I would have got out. I would have done some Talladega night stuff where I get out of the car and go on the turns and stand on the track and be like, I need to walk. I'd be yeah, I'd be Dale Earnhardt leaning out the side of my car, throwing up while driving. Because uh, yeah. there's no way, there's no way I'm running another 45 minutes with a helmet full of throw up. But respect to the goat, um, he got it done. And, yeah, I mean, it was quite impressive. Yeah, but how about Trackhouse Racing? I mean, does Daniel Suarez and Trackhouse have something brewing there? Like, are they actually a team that's can so, compete for the playoffs? My opinion is, I think Daniel Suarez is a really good driver. I think he's going to be a pretty decent guy in the Cup throughout his career. Um, I think Trackhouse Racing is going to need a little bit more time to develop. And I think they're going to need to start pulling in a little bit more sponsorship money. Because I looked up their sponsorships before this. And their big ones are like iFly and Camping World. And those are like the really only two sponsors that are like worthwhile talking about on their car. And I think they need to start pulling in a little bit more money for them to even be considered talking about them actually being a solid team. But I mean, hey... They do got Pitbull as an owner, so I mean yeah. anything, <laughs> anything is possible. I never knew Pitbull was so interested into the Cup Series this whole time, and Mr. Worldwide. But, so yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not sure um, when exactly they announced that sponsorship with Camping World. I believe it was relatively recent. Uh, yeah, so they're already starting to pull. Yeah, in. they're starting to pull recent. up a little bit. But right now, that team is 25th in the points. Granted, they wrecked in that early wreck at Daytona in the Daytona 500. Yeah, um, where everybody wrecked. Yeah, so th- they are in 25th. But that's kind of you know that's not awful. They got for a grit a racer team. behind them. They got a grit racer, Mister Throw Up. I mean, so I mean, they're ahead in the point. They're ahead of right now Chase Briscoe in that 14 car, which is easily a top 20 car. Um, if had yeah. a William Byron. Head of you know Tyler Reddick right now. Head of Matt DiBenedetto, who's thirty seventh in the points with five points right now. DiBenedetto's not doing so. Good. <laughs> That's <laughs> He's rough. Really not having a good time. Um. So you know, despite wrecking out at Daytona, they're not in an awful spot right now. And if they can just carry a little bit of momentum going into Homestead, maybe they can um you know try to squeeze into that top sixteen. I think they're going to be a sleeper team to watch the whole season. They're not going to yeah. be like really good. But, like, I think they're going to be, like, in the mix for a majority of the races. I think they're going to have a decent section where they're just going to be able to identify themselves. This is who the team is. This is who Daniel Suarez is. And they're going to be able to really make something happen. And I'm kind of excited to see where that team goes. I hope they just don't do, like, a one-and-dump type thing. And I hope they stick around with Suarez. And I know they don't have the sponsorship money yet, um, but they do have money. I mean, Pitbull has money. Um, oh, Ju- yeah. Justin Marks has money, has family wealth, um, so they do have funding there, at least to some extent, to compete. Um, but it's just going to be interesting to see how well they can put it together going into these mile and a halfs, um, competing against these top dog teams with all the the funding that they've got. But um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, definitely will be. Um, <clears throat> moving forward here with fantasy. Obviously, you had some better picks 
<laughs> than I did as it turned out to be. Not I didn't many, have though. such I didn't have such bad picks, right? We had bull calls with I said Almondinger and Bowman were gonna be in my lineup and unfortunately they were pretty much like the only two that got points for me this yeah. week because of that rain caution that came in. Um they were able to finish in the top ten. Ryan Blaney was absolutely nowhere to be found. I don't know if you used him. Um, um, I, I had did. him in my lineup. Yeah, he, he was and there. I was, I was so frustrated. <sighs> yeah, I, definitely a, definitely a frustrating race from Ryan Blaney. Um, McDowell was huge for me. Really pulled it <laughs> out. <laughs> um, just it was just a frustrating week all around. From at least for both of our teams, I know we didn't finish great in the standings this week. Um, I mean, I'm currently in last place overall yeah. over the two weeks. It's not looking good for me so far. Yeah, but our so. our bold calls kind of worked out. I mean, you said Almondinger, um, I said McDowell, and, and I had Bowman as my winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bowman was running awful all day, but he did manage to get that top 10. I was getting really frustrated yeah. watching that race, but uh, he did manage to pull it out. So my lineup, I had Kyle Larson, who ended up wrecking out. Not wrecking. Yeah. Well, not wrecking out, but wrecking. But he got he got bold, tried to do something, and yeah. unfortunately bit the bullet on that one. I had Kyle... Oh, did I have Kyle Bush? No, I, I didn't. You did, though. I had him in, and then I took him out. And then it actually ended up benefiting me that I did that, because um, he ended up only getting, like, I want to say, like like five points at the end it was not very good Yeah, because he ended up going through the grass yeah towards the end of the race um but yeah just a bad performance is out of our squad over here uh on the tight on edge racing podcast (laughs) my points were chase elliott uh he got me 31 points surprisingly just because he was stage winners and whatnot um Blaney actually still got me 22 points, even though he didn't really have that great of a performance. I switched Kyle Busch for Byron, and that didn't really do anything for me because Kyle Busch finished with three points and Byron had eight. And Bowman and Almendinger got 32 and 27. So really, I had like a mediocre average week. It was just everybody else in our league was like, nope, I'm throwing in all the big names and got like 300 freaking points for the week. And I was like, what the heck? (laughs) That's the thing, like... So, like, we had okay. Like, I don't know, I scored 129, which is actually not good by any means. But, you know, Michael McDowell was my third highest scorer. Like, that should never happen. Like, he shouldn't be the top three in my lineup. Chase Elliott actually scored the second most on my team, even though he finished awful. Almondinger was my highest. Almondinger. That that hurts. (laughs) That hurts. At 32 points. Yeah, I was pissed. I was going to put him in, too. I don't remember who I was going to put him in over, but... You know, you, you mentioned it in our last podcast, you know, peep, make sure you listen to our last podcast real quick and come back. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned it in our last podcast, and I was really considering putting him in, but I kind of oh, psyched I mean, myself really got out. Some mediocre. I knew I could I knew I could stick with him. I knew he was going to give me a consistent race, and he did. Um, I thought I was gambling with Kyle Busch, and it turns out I was because I was going back and forth the whole time, and it just it wasn't good for him. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, well, I hope he does better this week because uh, he's in my lineup Homestead. for this week. I'm pretty sure. A little spoiler for the end of the episode today, huh? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> okay, so we'll I guess we'll move on real quick uh, to our little season recap. We're two weeks into the season now. Denny Hamlin leads the points currently. Uh, behind him is Joey Logano and mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick in third. We've also got Mr. Michael McDowell in the top six alongside um, – who's in fifth? Sorry, just lost it. Should be Harvick? No, Harvick's in third. I just oh, completely third. just butchered. I just <clears> lost <throat> the standings. They disappeared on me. You got Denny first. You got Logano second. We've got Harvick third, Bell fourth. Bell, Bell was the one I was missing. Yeah, Bell fourth at 82 points. Yeah. Only one point behind Gavin Harvick. <laughs> so yeah. You've got two Toyotas shocking. in the top four right now. Um, and we're looking at overall standings. We're not looking at playoff standings. But if you do look at the playoff standings, 
Um, currently, Denny Hamlin, with being first in the championship or regular season championship, is sits on top of the totem pole with 2,018 points. Um, Joey Logano is second with 2,010, so a big buffer there. But if you look at this top 16 right now, there are a lot of interesting names in the mix. You've got Corey LaJoy down in 15th, uh, managing that top 16. 16th? Oh my god. And then you look even higher, and you got Priest in 7th. How is Priest up that high? You got two he, top 10s? Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't even realize he got top 10s twice. Flying under the radar. But uh, Ryan Priest is like... I feel like he could be a, a decent guy. No way. Up, honestly, I feel like he could be. Not in that I feel equipment. Like it's, I nope. feel like, well, not in that equipment. I still think he's a decent driver. I'm not saying, like, in the current equipment he's in. I think just he has some of the right stuff. Some. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, my dad has met him before, and I've technically met him before, before he was, like, a cup guy. Um, and, I don't know, whenever I saw him in the modifieds and stuff like that, he was pretty decent. So... I might be a little biased in that. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm not a huge believer, but um, he is racing the Cup Series. Anyone who's in the Cup Series has the it's talent. Decent enough, unless yeah. you're Quinhoff. Oh well, yeah, unless you're Quinhoff <laughs> down in. Um, he's actually ahead in the standings. He's actually ahead of. It shocks me that he always has a like. He has another full year Cup ride. I'm like, get this man out of here. Well, it's because he's like, in a zero zero. It bothers me. I just don't want him in anymore. I'm not a big. Quinn Hoff guy. Sorry for anybody if you're listening and you're a fan of him. Dude, now we're <coughs> never going to get him a... on the show. <laughs> he's, he's never going like... to come on the show. <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's just something like the right stuff isn't there. I, I don't know if he will ever get the right stuff to be a driver in the cup. He's done some boneheaded things in the past too, like being in the wrong lane at the time and getting in the way of the leaders and it's just like you got to know your role when you're a little little fish in the big pond you know it's like i don't know yeah it bothers me a little bit i do tend to agree with that um he i think he's been involved in like way too many wrecks for his his own standing i mean i could pull up the dnf list from last year real quick <laughs> um, <laughs> and see and yeah. see where he was i might as but... well hang on Actually, but um go ahead who are the biggest movers from the last few weeks was it let's see I, mean, I don't even know who it would be. I mean, if you look at Bubba Wallace, season 13th. I mean, I guess that's not really a big move, but just being in the top 16 right now, it's interesting to see. Um, Alex Bowman I is I think he's going to have a good season. Yeah. I, I don't know. Bowman, not Bowman. I think Bubba Wallace can do something in the 23-11 racing team. <laughs> it's just a matter of... I don't know. He just seems nervous right now, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I would I would kind of agree. Like, I feel like he's just in a spot right now where he's he's literally just trying to figure out this crew, this car. He has a lot of light shining on him because he, he's kind of like the NASCAR golden boy right now. And like, as in just being like, you know, an African-American driver, he's got Michael Jordan behind him. He's got Denny Hamlin behind him. He's kind of like going to be the talk of the town for quite some time. And he might be dealing with some pressure and getting nervous by feeling like he has to perform every race in and in and out and like drive the car hard. And that's what I'm kind of worried about him now is I feel like he might drive the car a little too hard and yeah. really try and make stuff happen. And it's going to actually bite him in the butt when he tries to do that. So I, I would 100% agree. I think right now he's just he's driving it too hard, making too many mistakes. Um, mm -hmm. he needs to focus more, in my opinion, on protecting the equipment. Just getting through a race. You don't have to win every race. You don't have to be top five every race. Just worry Staff about the top fifteen, man. Just worry about yeah, the top tens. Um, get some stage points. It just seems Maybe. to me that he's just making too many mistakes. I mean, it just felt like I I don't know. At least from my perspective, this weekend, it just felt like he was riding around the back all week, all all day because he had early damage. Um, so I don't know. I think he's just got to do a better job of protecting that equipment. He made it through the Daytona 500 until the very end where he got that penalty. Um, yeah. But like that, like th that's a great point. That's self-inflicted. That's stuff he can't be doing in that this top equipment um, <laughs> if he wants to be contending for a championship. Uh, as of right now, it looks like that car can contend for a championship. It's just a matter if he can get it there, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's going to be more of a not an equipment situation. It's definitely going to be a driver situation when it comes to getting in the playoffs. And granted, the 23 team. Granted, we're only two weeks into the season. Yes, we've got 
we've got some races to go. For sure. But another name in the top ten that I want to mention is Mr. Austin Dillon. Yeah, top- dude, he's he's shining in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, top ten, that's, that's not bad for Austin he's Dillon. Had a pr- he's had a pretty good, the first two races he did decent in, and... I'm not an Austin Dillon fan by any means. Like, I don't know. I don't have, like, a vendetta against him, but I'm not, like, a fan of him yet. Yeah. Mainly mainly just because, like, I don't know. I was always an Earnhardt family fanboy, and it's weird seeing another driver in the three for me still and all that, but, like, I've been getting over it and noticing, like, Austin Dillon is definitely, he is a good racer, and... It's pretty good for him to be up in the top 10 here. He's kind of showing his worth a little bit here. He had a good showing at the road course, did pretty decent in the 500. I mean, he's won a 500 in the last three years. Um, I think he isn't even a favorite for, like, a sleeper favorite for this week. Um, think, looking at the I stats, he is. Yeah. So he's got he an average finish of 10 and a half, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, pretty decent. That's yeah. a good average finish at any track for any driver, really. And I mean, that's over the last six races. Sorry, I should have clarified. But over the last six, he's got an average finish of ten and a half. Uh, he's got two top tens. So not, I mean, not a crazy amount of top tens, but it's, it seems like he can just get those top twelve finishes, top thirteen finishes that are relatively important for you know just points days or just days in general. But um, also five DNFs for Quinhoff last year. Case you're All right, that's actually honestly that was going to be right around my guess. I was going to say like maybe like four, um, just because I don't know. He's he's just one of those guys that's like on the track, and you're just like he's a perfect fit for the double zero, right? They always call it the uh oh car. So yeah, he, yeah he's definitely sure. a good driver for the uh oh. <laughs> I mean, good for him. Driving the cup. Good for he him. Gets the participation award. Yeah, I have to hand those out. Actually, Quinn Hoff at at Homestead has a average finish of thirty three, thirty three wow. even. Wow, that's he's pretty good on he's one start. Nice. That's only one start. So and one start. Yeah, he's only raced there once apparently. I don't know why. Jesus Christ, that's insane. Whatever. Anyway, so. Lots of NASCAR news in the media this week, and we're just going to hit on the top things here because if we talked about everything, there we'd be talking all week. Did you see, by the way, totally off topic, did you see that Denny Hamlin meme that got put out on Sunday night or Monday? There was a meme? How did I the, miss it? The muscle like the one. Meme the muscles one. Dude, let me send oh, it to you. Oh, okay. The yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You're talking the about. gluteal maxials. Okay. Yes. Dude, how freaking <laughs> funny was that? It's so dumb. I freaking love that he was like... Who thinks of this stuff? I really don't know. Whoever does, though, I wish I had, like, that much creativeness to be, like... Is it even creativeness, or is it just, like, a weird mind? Like, a dirty, weird mind? It's, uh... I don't know. I guess it's just someone that's, like, creatively dirty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I Either way, I have been loving Denny Hamlin on Twitter recently. I don't know if it's because he's, the like, the new owner of 2311 or what, but he has just been, like so active on social media recently and that's just so unlike him um yeah i think he is trying to just brand his team a little bit and kind of have a personality more yeah you know he's also getting towards he's not at the end of his career yet but he's getting in the later years so maybe he's trying to just like establish himself as like one of the guys you could always just like talk to or whatever and just like establish himself as like a figure in the sport even more with his personality, and I feel like that's why he might be branching out a little bit more. Speaking of Denny Hamlin, a lot of news in the week for Denny Hamlin. Uh, He announced a partnership, a personal partnership with AT&T. Yep. Um, So that was cool. Um, And then... He just keeps ranking in sponsors, dude. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. He's he's the guy right now, which is just so unlike him. Like, he has never been the personality. Like, everyone's just called him, like, dry for years, or that guy who's it's just, that, like, on the side. It's that Domino's. It's, it's that, that Domino's. It's a Domino's sponsorship. The- or, <laughs> honestly, I think it comes goes all the way back to when they were, um, you know, sim racing. I think he got a lot of attention through sim racing. That, yeah. Just because he, he was really, he was really vocal on social media about it. 
Um, I and then post videos of his his daughters like messing up his rig and turning off the TV. That video kills me every time. He's like in the middle of an oh, iris, yeah. and she turns it off and just goes, "Uh oh." He's like, "What do you mean, uh oh?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also helps being a partner with Michael Jordan. I mean, just to have that association yeah. is huge. But that's gonna, yeah, that brand name is just gonna be through shooting to the roof. Speaking of Michael Jordan. Denny Hamlin talked about expanding 2311 to a two-car team this week. Um, he mentioned there's obviously some challenges around it, you know, like getting a charter, mm-hmm. um, get, finding the right people, uh, crew chiefs, car chiefs, engineers. But he was very vocal about it. Um, it was actually posted on NASCAR.com, an interview, and he was talking about getting, you know, he wants to expand to a two-car team, and I would assume he wants to do that as soon as next year. Uh, we actually talked about that a little bit in our last podcast. Make sure you guys go listen to it. But that's just cool to hear. I mean, who doesn't love expansion? And you know, I'm very glad to hear that he is – him and Jordan are taking it very seriously so far. I mean, obviously, I expected them to. But, like, it's just the fact of hearing that they want to expand to a two-car team immediately, right? And they want to even – it sounds like by how quick they want to do it, do get it in by next year. And I think next year would be a perfect time to get another two-car team and have a second car in there when you have a new car coming in. You can get a driver to understand the car. It's kind of like starting fresh, essentially. And I think it would be perfect for them to really... It's just the perfect time for them to bring in a second driver and have a two-car team. And it honestly surprises me a little bit that Denny Hamlin signed that extension with Joe Gibbs this week, uh, this this year. You thought he would just be the two car no, guy. <laughs> no, it's just it's just interesting that you know he he wants to expand, but he's he's still sticking with Joe Gibbs. I wonder if that has anything to do with his deal with um, FedEx. I, I'm I'm sure FedEx wants to stay with Joe Gibbs. FedEx but... probably is tied in, yeah. But I mean, I also Denny might be like, I don't know. He's had really great success with Joe Gibbs, and why not yeah. a good thing? For so, sure, like... for sure. Um, and, you know, he doesn't want to screw up that relationship with guys like Chris Gapehart or, uh, you know, he's got yeah. chemistry right now. You might as well roll with what, what works. Don't fix something that's not yeah, he's broke, got so. phenomenal chemistry. Might as well keep it locked in for a few more years and then think about whatever. Yeah. But, that, you know, this brings us right back to our discussion last week. Who is the driver for that next car? Who is it going to yeah, be? Yeah, dude. So, I have I've got I can't a even peg anybody. Oh, oh my god! You got some people pegged. I got okay. some predictions. I got some predictions. Okay. Prediction Let's time. Hear it. Okay, hang on. Before I even go into my predictions, Ty Gibbs with that win in the Xfinity <laughs> series this week. Did you see that race? Dude, because that race was electric. That was uh, one of the best Xfinity races I've watched on one of the road courses. And Ty Gibbs was driving the hell dude, out of that car. He, he got looks it like done. a seasoned veteran out there. And that was his first race ever. What is he, 18 years old? First I'm race like, in the wow. Xfinity Series or any touring series, national touring series. But what's even crazier about all of that, right, is that's his first time in that car, which you just said. Mm-hmm. But he outdrove Austin Sindrick, who yeah. <laughs> is literally the returning champ, who is probably the best road course racer in that series. Um. And he literally looked like a cup driver. Mm-hmm. And he, what? How old is he? Like nineteen? He's eighteen. I'm eighteen? Sure. Like it's just dumb. Like, so I'm not he's saying gonna... he's going to be in that that next the next seat because I think he'll go to Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, but god damn, yeah, that, that was that cool to watch. That would definitely have some uh, family tension, you know, if he <laughs> yeah. wants to go. Or really, maybe... Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't. If Denny keeps signing with Joe Gibbs, maybe they just have a good relationship, and then Denny could be like, hey... They definitely do. They have a great relationship. So maybe, like, breed him in the 2311 racing, and then if you want him for Joe Gibbs later, when I retire, you can put him in this car. (laughs) But... And, like, let Denny just breed him or something. Yeah, I mean... Okay, you know me. I'm a huge Joe Gibbs guy. Um, Yeah. I, like I don't even hate on Kyle Busch because I love just Joe Gibbs racing in general, um, and you know Denny Hamlin's not going to be around forever. He maybe has three, four more years of racing in him. Ty Gibbs yeah. might be my next guy. I'm gonna be honest. Gonna be honest. I mean, if he if he keeps showing how he was in that road course and being completely dominant, I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be a contender for myself, dude. I like him. I like Joe Gibbs too. I don't have any animosity with his team or anything. 
I always thought he felt it fielded really good guys. I mean, I never liked Joey Logano, so when he fielded him to the 20, I wasn't really too keen on it. But, you know, giving Truex a shot, having <clears throat> Denny. I also wasn't a Kyle Busch guy either, but when Kyle Busch started having a family, he kind of mellowed out and turned into, like, a good dude. So I really like what Joe Gibbs does, and I think he is maybe trying to breed his son a little bit to race his for grandson. dad's team. Or his grandson, yeah, sorry. Don't know why I said son. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to breed grandson in and being like, come on, dude. I want to see what you got. And yeah, really for sure. Could. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. But back to my prediction. So, um, obviously, oh, we yeah, talked a right. little bit about Brad Keselowski. I don't think he'll go into that car next year, even though no, it is fun to talk that's, about. That's a dark horse pick. That's like, that. no, that's not going to But... I am a big believer in John Hunter Nemechek. Ooh, I can get behind this. John I Hunter like Nemechek's it. my truck guy. I Dude. like him a lot in the trucks. He's my See, truck guy. Zane Smith is my truck guy, but I love John Hunter Nemechek. I think he's Zane just Smith a hard racer. Zane Smith is actually my, my number two guy. Wow. I like him second, Look at us. So. <laughs> One, two, baby. Till the end. Anyway, uh, John Hunter Nemechek could be the possible guy for that ride. I mean, you think about it. He got back into the Toyota camp this year by go- mm-hmm. going down racing for Kyle Busch. Um, He's going to win the championship in Truck Series, calling it right here. You heard it here live. I like it. And, you know, this realistically, he doesn't need to bring big sponsorship because he has Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. Like, you don't need yeah, to bring bring sponsorship they'll, because they'll feel the sponsor you're already them. associated with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan can find any sponsor in the freaking world. Michael Jordan can walk into any conference room and be like, I need a sponsor for my driver. My, and it would exactly. just be like... Michael, pick me. Michael, pick me. Or he can just put his own brand on the car and be like set. I want to see a Jordan car so bad. It's gonna happen. I, I mean, there was there was so one bad. back in two thousand something. Didn't I send you that picture? It wasn't it on a truck. It was on a truck. Yep. There was yeah, a Jordan it was team. Like blue. It was black and blue, kind of like camouflagey. Looked interesting. Uh, it was a it was a blue hood. The jump man was on the hood. I can I can describe it all day. I know what it looks like. Well, <laughs> so y'all know it's real. There is a truck with a jordan logo on it somewhere in america but uh, it is. maybe that can happen again we don't know but if it does i want to see it you heard it here it first good. so um <clears throat> it is homestead week it and is, sir. like we did last week i want to make some bold predictions mm. so i will let you go first so my bold predictions obviously would be a number one bold prediction is I think Tyler Reddick is going to be a sleeper for winning this race. He did very well at Homestead last year, and I think my bold prediction would be him actually taking it and winning this race. I think we might have a triple back-to-back-to-back first-time winners here, and I think Tyler Reddick is definitely the best chance at that. Wow. (laughs) That is quite the prediction. Um I am not going to go with Tyler Reddick for my prediction. Okay. I'm going to go with, I'm actually going to go with like a bit of a pick that I'm going to say he's like going to do bad. Ooh, do a bad? Okay. Yeah, like a like a guy who's not going to do well as well as everybody's thinking he's going to do. Kyle Larson is not going to finish in the top 15. You know, that's not very bold for me. Really? Are you <laughs> I serious? Also, I mean, it's just not bold for me because I agree with it. I think it's bold for the rest of the nascar world because there's so much hype around kyle larson and i feel like i don't know i don't know why there's so much hype i don't know why his odds are so good for betting i don't think he's gonna have that good of a race i mean i honestly don't i think people hype him up so much because he's like oh he's the wall guy he's the guy who sits on the wall the entire race but how many times has that actually worked for him how many times has he actually been able to stay out of that wall okay granted i'm looking (laughs) at the stats here kind of regretting what i'm saying right now because he has three top fives in the last five races here um and an average finish of 12.6 but i just think he's gonna be a little bit rusty it's gonna be hard getting next to that wall in stock car for the first time in a year that's Um, what i think i think he's just gonna be shaking rust off the whole race and i mean granted he'll get it figured out towards the second half but by the second half he'll be too late and i don't think he i don't know if he will move out of the top 15 i think he'll be towards the end of the top 15 i think he'll be like 14th or 15th listen 
Homestead is a hard track to drive. And it being that his it first mile and a half oval back, it's not like a road course. It's not like Daytona, like the Speedway. It is. It's entirely new, different beast. Um, so I just, I, I can't see him finishing in the top 15. I think he's going to get into the wall at some point. Um, and I don't know. He just made that late race error at the road course this that weekend. That was just him getting too, <clears throat> too rambunctious behind yeah, the wheel. But he does that a lot. He does that a lot. <clears throat> yeah. He gets, he just, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like over the past few years, he's left, wrecked a lot of race cars. He's also I blown a lot like, of engines, yeah. but uh, he's wrecked a lot of race cars. He's gotten too ambitious, very similar to what Jimmy Johnson has done. You know, he wrecked it um, last year while leading at Darlington, uh, the final lap of that stage one. It, it just feels the same way with Kyle Larson for some reason. I don't know if he's going to change my mind this weekend. He might, but I'm going to say my bull prediction is Kyle Larson won't finish in the top 15. And I think that's good. <clears throat> I think I, it's just like, it sounds like to us, it's just like a gut feeling for Kyle Larson right now it's not like it's just more of like it just it's not like going into stats and whatever yeah whatever all his stats are looking decent but like my gut feeling is just like he's gonna drive it a little too hard it's not gonna work out for him and he's just gonna falter out yeah I tend to agree what do you got for like anybody to watch for this race uh, I think you know we're gonna have to watch the usual players you're gonna have to watch the Denny Hamlin um, you're gonna have to watch the Kevin Harvick. You're gonna have to watch the guys um, in that top equipment to see who's actually got it this season. And mm-hmm. I think this is gonna be a great opportunity to really see. Um, so it's kind of a boring pick, but I think the guys to watch are the guys you expect to win. Um, I got two for you to watch here. Give it to me. First one is my bias coming in. Gotta watch Alex Bowman. I think really? he's gonna. <clears throat> I think he's gonna have a decent bounce back. I'm not saying anything crazy. But I think he's going to have a decent showing. He's actually been pretty decent at mile and a half as well. Um, so I think he will be certainly somebody to watch. I don't have him in my lineup or anything like that. A little spoiler again for the next few minutes when we get into it. Um, but I don't have him in my lineup. I think he's a sleeper. And another person to watch, dude, that I've been going through some fantasy reports and just going through statistic reports is I feel like Austin Dillon is uh, somebody to certainly watch. I mean, we talked about it earlier in the podcast with um, how he's up in the points, right? He's like pretty decently up in the points there, and he's certainly somebody to watch for Homestead. Yeah. I would tend to agree that you got, you definitely have to keep your eye out for him because, like I said earlier, he does have a ten and a half average finish. Um, I did leave my answer a little bit boring about my you know guy to watch, so I'm going to revise it. One guy <laughs> I really am going to watch this weekend is Christopher Bell. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but he does have yeah. in his one start here in the in the Cup Series, he has a top ten, um, and that was an eighth place finish last year, and. You know, he doesn't have as many laps as the other guys in the series, obviously, but um, he's coming off a win. I mean, that's got to give him some confidence, don't you think? It's got to. It's gonna. He's going to have some huge momentum behind him, I feel like, with getting a win. He was definitely very ecstatic about it through his post-race interview. I mean, he raced it very well, kind of beat Logano. I mean, Logano was having—it seemed like the Penske boys were all having break issues. Brad Kozlowski was having a terrible time with his breaks, and he was all over all the place. Of that. He was all over the place. Logano was having break problems, but that does that should not take anything away from Christopher Bell's performance from the road course. He did phenomenal. His momentum is going to carry over, and I think he's going to have. He's certainly somebody to watch as well. It's very nice going into races having like. 15 drivers to watch <laughs> yeah yeah we just named it's the entire very, field but it's like um, very good for the sport though yeah for sure i mean it's, it's definitely exciting and i mean i love homestead it's probably one of my favorite mile oh, it's one of my yeah it's, it's like just it's always so me. good with its racing and i understand like it's it's different because it's in the spring now but i think that even makes it more exciting because uh the track temps are a little track temps are yeah. a little bit cooler um and they're racing basically at night this year Especially if there's mm-hmm. rain, there's like oh, a well, there's like a four know. p.m. start time. It's gonna be rain. It always. Oh rains. yeah. So it's you know <laughs> we're looking at like a seven p.m. start time this week. 
a bold prediction would be it doesn't rain in Florida during hurricane season or whatever. I don't even know when hurricane season ends for Florida, but I feel like I don't know when it, it starts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know if they are in it. I but... think it's November to March. Don't quote me on it. I'm not not a that doesn't I... meteorologist, but <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> hurricane season, November to March. Sounds gonna, right to me. We're dude. gonna put that in our freaking bio. <laughs> can we just can we just market this show as a meteorology show? Like, yeah, screw instead. the whole NASCAR thing. Let's um, let's just remarket it. We'll call it we the Vortex Effect. Ooh, that's a good tagline. I know, why didn't we think of that? Shit. Ah, we dude, screwed up. Know. Dude, totally off topic, but I've had one hell of a week. Like, yeah. it has been just a week. Like since the Daytona Roval. Like, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just bad luck or what, but my car broke down on Monday. Well, hang on. Let oh, me just no. let me just back it up. So Monday, Monday morning, we get we were supposed to get like one or two inches of snow, just like a like a dusting. Well, we got like six inches, so that was cool. Woke up to that, was really pissed. You know, got in my car, drove to Starbucks as you do. Um, <laughs> got my uh, I got I think I got like a mocha latte or whatever. So you know, just chilling, chilling with mocha lot. My I don't know venti I guess whatever. Mm, venti. Yep, very very feminine, but. Uh, I walk outside and I start my car and it starts right up, but I notice my my emergency brakes on and I'm like, oh, well that's weird. My emergency brakes down and I look over and I see the 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 battery lights on. I'm like, oh, well that's not good. So, but my car's on and I'm like, oh well, I don't know. Maybe my maybe my battery's dying. It's kind of weird, but whatever. Put it in reverse, put it in drive, and realize I don't have power steering. So, oh no! Yeah. Oh no! So I'm like, oh god! And meanwhile, there's like six inches of snow. You know, up here they barely plow as it is. So I'm like standing in the snow now outside, looking at my car, and I realized the belt slipped. So that's oh, awesome. Oh god, dude. Yeah. So my belt slipped for somehow. So now, like, I have to decide. Okay, I can either try to fix it here, which there's no way I was going to do, or I could drive mm. it home and try to fix it later. But the problem with that is I don't have power steering. Yeah. So. so Dude, just sent it. I sent it. So I sent it home, got it home, and haven't fixed it. But that's been my week. I know that's off topic, but I just want to tell you because you're my best friend and you just deserve to know. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, you, sound no like problem. You, had a Matt, you sound like you had a Matt DeDebeno type week. Oh, dude, totally. <laughs> like, maybe his worse than his. In, his car was in shambles, and it I, sounds like your car was just as much in shambles. Yeah. Oh, by the way, hang on. Back it up. Whose hood went flying up? Whose car was that? Was that Eric Jones? That was a. Uh, no, I thought it was Briscoe. Oh, it was it was Briscoe. Oh, I love when that happens. It's yeah, just so funny. Yeah, he had like a tiny, he had a tiny gap that he could see through. I was like, he kind of did like a lap or two with the hood still up, and I was like, is this allowed? <laughs> like, this yeah, needs to get in the pits. As long as that thing stays hooked on, I think it's legal. I don't know the exact that rules. Insane. But he had like a tiny gap to see through, and he was still like, nah, I'm still gonna send it like 170 around the turns, and I was like, did okay, they black dude. flag him or no? At no, the I think he just went in because I feel like they were like, dude, okay. safety. And they were like, come on, get in. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So I <laughs> guess I guess we can go into the best segment of the show. Ooh, the fantasy segment. The fantasy segment. Get some air horns blowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me cue those in right here. I'll just leave that blank there for that. I might Check actually the- do that. That might be some work, though. <laughs> We'll see how well I can uh, edit a, a podcast. So, it shouldn't be that hard. You get to go first then with your fantasy oh. segments. I went first last week. Come on. Oh. I gotta, gotta, gotta go through a little back All right. and forth here. Okay. Well, it's not it's not set in stone 100%, but I did pick a few sluggers for my lineup this week. Oh, you sound I like me. I picked slug. <laughs> like, it's, it's stacked. And I wouldn't be surprised if our lineups are, like, the same. Because yeah, I need to make up points. Yeah, so and I am stacked right now. I yeah. So my first driver is Kevin Harvick. Um, okay. I don't really need I to got, explain that pick. I've got the same pick. So but that's good. but he does have a a whopping five top fives in the last six races and an average finish of seven. Yeah. So he's he, he's there. That's a no. It's a no brainer. Then I've got Kyle Busch. He's got four, I also have him. Four top fives, two wins, and an average finish of 3.3 over the last six. 
and I feel like he's already having a way better start than he did last year. I feel like he's slowly getting out of his slump still, so that's why I also threw him in with my fantasy lineup. Next is Mr. Joey Logano. Oh my god, we're three for three, dude. Dude, I told you, (laughs) we're we're just stacked up. Like, it's bad. I'm in last place. I need to stack points right now. Dude, me too, and (laughs) I don't really care. I'm not in last, but I'm like in midfield, and that's not where I want to be. Um, and plus, these are my first uses for Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Joey Logano, so yeah. I don't feel too bad about it. Joey's my second pick, but yeah, uh, I, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch are my first ones. Yeah, I so. don't, I don't feel bad about it, especially because it's the first mile and a half, um, and I know mm-hmm. I can trust these guys better than some of those riskier picks to actually perform. Um, and that's yes. my thinking, especially in this first one, because I think before we have a good sample size, we need to know who's going to do well this week. So we just have to go with those guys that we know are going to finish well. Um, and race well and have historically raced really well here. Joey Logano with four top fives and a win um, over the last six. So, you know, I've had three guys so far who have more than four or more top fives. Uh, my fourth guy is Mr. Denny Hamlin, starting from the pole, five we top are, tens. We are four for four. I'm interested to see what you're, if you do a fifth heavy hitter or not. So I let off the gas a little bit with my, with oh. my fifth. But okay. but it's a little bit of a speculative pick, and okay. I know I talked trash on him like not too long ago, and oh, I said so he it's going to be. It's Kyle okay, Larson. It's, yeah. Okay. Kyle Larson's my garage pick. Yeah. So. I, I just went with him. Um, it's like I know we talked trash about him, and we're like, oh, we can't do it. But there's a little voice in my head being like, okay, but what if the hype's real? And then <clears throat> I just went with it. I you was sound like, like a gambling addict. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in the garage for that reason. Just one more time. <laughs> Just one more time. <laughs> oh, and he's uh, in the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. Uh, that's just how it goes. So, uh, yeah, he's in my fifth slot, but I can easily interchange him to my garage at any point if my, he's not doing well. My fifth slot, since we have four for four same picks, my fifth slot, talked about him earlier. He's yep. one of my guys to watch. It's same Tyler guy. Reddick. Oh, not the same guy. Not the same guy. It's Tyler Reddick. Wow. I have Tyler Reddick as my fifth pick and Kyle Larson in the garage, mainly because if Tyler Reddick doesn't do too hot, Kyle Larson's going to throw him in before stage two. And I think, I mean, I feel super comfortable this week unless there is unless there is a crash. I don't know if you guys could hear the knock, but I just knocked on my <laughs> knocked on my desk. If there is a crash, it takes out the whole, whole, field. The whole field again. And I don't think there will be because it's not Daytona. It's just a nice mile and a halfer. We're gonna have a good race. Everybody's gonna be just fighting for points, fighting for a win. It's gonna be nice, good racing. You better start praying now. So I already knocked on wood. That's the best I can do. That's true. <laughs> so my fifth, right? Mm-hmm. Or I guess my garage is Austin Dillon. Yes. Uh, we talked about him earlier. That's I feel like Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, and Kyle Larson are pretty interchangeable going into this week, honestly. Yeah. I I think they're all going to be pretty much around the same area, and I feel like you can't go wrong with all of them. See, I think you're more of a Tyler Reddick believer than I am, um, but I'll, I'll take <laughs> your got, advice for got, it. He's got better stats than uh, Austin Dillon, I think. He Maybe. only has no, one Austin race Dillon. here. Oh, that's right. I'm an idiot. Um, But, I mean, Tyler Reddick, dude, fourth fourth place. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, come that's on. uh and he led three laps. I mean, come on. It's pretty impressive. It anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll go into the bonus years. Alex just realized his mistake. Uh his huge crux in his picks is Tyler Reddick, but we'll go with it. Kevin <laughs> I'm Harvick. Still, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it's probably not an awful move. You got Kevin Harvick as your race winner? Is Kevin Harvick's my race say? winner. Okay. Yep. I, I differ there. Who do you got? I've, I've got Denny. Wow. Wow, I don't even I've, believe in Denny. I feel like, I know his odds are, Kevin Harvick's odds are way better, I think, at winning. What is it, like plus 175? Yeah, it's plus uh, 175. Who, Harvick? I'm pretty sure. What oh, wait, side no, are you looking forward. on? Uh, that's top forward. Harvick's at plus 600. Yeah, that's say. Uh... Yeah, he's a top forward at plus 175. So there's my top forward pick. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> but I've got Denny as my race winner for this week. Huh. I guess you're not a believer in your own track. I know, I do. Fun. I'd want to be. Fun. I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just, I don't feel the magic yet. Maybe he'll uh, prove me wrong. 
my second guy, or I guess my Chevy, top Chevy is Kyle Larson. Uh, yep. Me too. <laughs> uh, it's just that Chevy camp is so freaking weak right now. Am I wrong? <clears throat> they really are. It's like, 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 like who else are you going to pick besides, like, I don't know, you got Kurt Busch. Okay. Like maybe. I mean, Chase Elliott, right? Chase Elliott's <laughs> going to be, he's going to be a top contender, whether you like it or not, since you're not a Chase guy. But <clears throat> the Chevy? he's going to be a top guy. The Chevy camp is just weak right now. It... Bowman always takes a while to get used to it. Byron is always, always hit or miss. And, like, there's not really many other that you can really count on right now besides Larson and Chase Elliott and, like, that's about it. The Chevy camp <laughs> used to be ridiculous. It used to be Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, you know, Mark Martin. Um, it, was Kenseth in a in a Chevy? No, I guess not. But, you know, that camp was just <clears> – it just had all-stars, and right now it's just missing that right now. Um, and that's partially yeah, I why – I think they're trying to breed more all-stars. Like, I think they're waiting for all of their younger guys to become all-stars. I'm just I not like a believer in that, in that strategy, though. Like, they're almost trying to find the next Jeff Gordon, you know, the guy who just jumps on the scene and is just, like, the instant popular guy. And they're not going to find – I mean, maybe they found that in Chase Elliott a little bit. But they – like, it just feels like Hendrick is so against bringing in seasoned vets. Whereas you have a team like Toyota or Joe Gibbs who have basically made a super team over the last five years. I mean, at one point they had Matt Kenseth, Carl Edwards, Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Busch. That might be the best four-car lineup in the history of NASCAR. That is, I mean, yeah, those are insane names to have on one team. And then, and it's like, and then you know, Carl Edwards leaves, um, mm-hmm. Kenseth leaves, and they bring in Truex. Yeah. So they just bring in those guys, those proven guys who they know are going to win races. Um, they know Once we're going to win championships. Exactly. And it just feels like, Hendrick, you could be doing that too, guys. Like, why didn't you bring in Brad Keselowski last summer? Why didn't you try yeah, to bring I in a guy really, like Kurt Busch? I don't know. I really pegged him. Um, I really pegged him to be in the 48 for some reason. And it was quite shocked to me that we were getting rid of the 88 and going to the 48 for me. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was like, okay, that was that was something I was not expecting. Kyle Larson of the five was a meme the whole time, and then it became a reality. And I'm still convinced Mr. Hendrick was looking on Twitter and NASCAR Reddit the whole time, seeing those memes and being like, you know what? I'm going to do it. He absolutely was. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I'm going to go back to fantasy because we are running out of time quickly. But our yes. top forward. Kevin or, Harvick differs. Yeah. My, mine is Joey Logano. I like Ooh. I mixed it up a little bit. Mix it up. So you've got. So you're just trying to get points where you can here. Yep. Because you've got your race winner as Kevin Harvick, but you're not yep. doubling down on it. Okay. Okay. So, I like that strategy. So that way, if Kevin or Logano win, at least I get points with either yeah, one instead points. of just um, sending. That was my thinking one. with picking Denny as race winner and Harvick as top forward. So. Yeah. Um. No, that's a good thought process too. I didn't even think of it that way, but that's another way to think of it. Uh, my top Toyota is Kyle Busch. Mm. Yeah. See, I double, I doubled down. I went with Denny. I, okay. I kind of blew the strategy out the window. I was like, Nah, he's gonna win. <laughs> uh, I, I just looked at the stats, and I just can't ignore the fact that Kyle Busch hasn't finished outside the top ten in the last six races here. Yeah, he's pretty good here. Um, would you have your winning manufacturer? The Yodas. Yep. Same here. And then and Joe Gibbs team, racing. Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs go. racing. We're I, almost on the same same wavelength again for almost all our picks. Love so, to see it. So my thing with picking that team, it goes back to that whole point I just brought up, and I just talked about Chevy, and I talked about Toyota. Um, no other team in NASCAR has three guys who you say can win this race. I mean, maybe Penske a little bit, but I can't say Stuart Haas has three guys who can say are going to win this week. Um, I can't it's Kevin say Harvick show. Yeah, it's just Kevin Harvick show. It's the Kevin Harvick show. So I picked Joe Gibbs just simply because I know maybe even four now with Christopher Bell. Like, can he win it this week? I mean, we maybe. hyped him up, so he could. It, it, you know, we hyped up Michael McDowell. It came to fruition. You know what? I'm gonna I throw mean, Michael you, McDowell you in my hype, lineup. You hyped up Michael McDowell. I didn't <laughs> uh, really believe in it. I was a believer. I was like, yeah, maybe, and I should have took the belief because I at least would have got another. 28 mediocre points, but it would have helped me. It's not too late to throw Michael McDowell in your lineup this week. 
there's no shot I do that. Dude, I'm so tempted just for like the sake of like how funny it would be if you finished in the top ten. I would just be I would be floored. Hey. Like in anger. He has <laughs> one top ten in the last six, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, dude, and the ten races he's done, he's had one top ten with an average finish of twenty eight, so whatever, dude. Whatever. <laughs> if you're not a believer, just say it. I'm not a believer. <sighs> that's messed up. Well, <laughs> I guess that ends it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Tight On Entry Racing Podcast. My name's John. This is Alex. If you guys enjoyed the show, please make sure you share it with a friend. Um, that goes a long way for us. Helps us promote it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Entry Tight, not Tight On Entry, um, where we post everything NASCAR related, whether it's our podcast, whether it's news, media, um, funny stuff like Denny Hamlin memes it's all posted there so make sure you follow us on Twitter make sure you follow and download the podcast and share it with a friend thank you guys so much for listening and peace out